Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Welcome to Fuel Podcast. Uh, this is the podcast for Grissom Air Reserve Base, and it, it is a uh, kind of cold, a uh, little bit rainy uh, weather out there, which I think describes uh, most days from anywhere from October on here here uh, through the through the fall season. Uh, but with me today in the the where well, new. An office studio, studio office, studio I guess, office, whatever yeah. you want to call that, is uh, Sergeant Blocker. So Sergeant Blocker is at the control. Uh, Josh, the Dream Weaver, took some time off and well deserved. They, they've been busy there. Uh, today on the on the podcast, we're going to talk to Aaron Michael Jolliffe, which many of you know, which I know personally. Like it, uh, she's great here. She's uh, the the lead behavior health. Uh, here at, at Grissom and she is one that uh, we all seek out uh, counsel from and advice and help. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, getting help and how we would go about that, what that means. We'll talk a little bit about perspective um, and uh, then we'll wrap it up with always with well, what are you loving, which which she brings a good one uh, to the table. So uh, but uh, you were preparing for the October UTA. We were hoping that this would be the UTA when we did the, the family day and we would just get out there and be able to have a lot of fun and everything else. Well, uh, as of right now, it looks like the, the forecast for Saturday is cold and rainy. So that, that's one good thing where we're not actually doing the family day. As many of you know, uh, we canceled that due to the COVID restrictions that we have right now. Uh, currently we are in the, if you are fully vaccinated, uh, then you do not need to wear a mask, but if you are not fully vaccinated, we're asking you to wear a mask. And one of the pieces with that, I would also ask that, uh, don't pass that responsibility onto someone else. You know, whether you're vaccinated or not, you know what the rules are. So don't, don't pass the responsibility of being accountable onto someone else, be accountable yourself and, and, and do what's right and, and just help us all. Uh, with that being said, that the uh, the vaccine, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, we have that here on Grissom now, and so there's going to be a couple pods that are going for those that are that are unvaccinated, so they can uh, uh, be given the opportunity to get that vaccine. So talk to your supervisors and your leaders about that, um, and and we look forward to having a great October UTA, and uh, hopefully this weather will hold out a little bit. It feels a lot like football weather, which uh, I'm go. glad. Yeah, I'm glad it's football season. So. Uh, but let's get into this and let's talk to Aaron. All right. First off, I want to welcome Aaron Michael Jolliffe. Uh, Aaron, thank you. And, and thank you for taking time out of your, I know you are very busy. Uh, <laughs> I, get, I get to see you in quite a few meetings yeah. as well as uh, I know that you meet with a lot more people than, than probably even what I meet with. Uh, so thank you for, for coming out here and taking some time. No problem. Thank so, you for having me. So first off, let's kind of uh, go through you as a person and then we'll talk about you as a, a uh, member here on the base. Okay. So uh, how long you been in the Indiana area? 
So I actually grew up about 45 minutes from here in Grant County. And so this is kind of coming back. We took jobs. My husband, and I took jobs down in the Indy area. We were down there for about 15 years and then came back this way when this opportunity um, presented itself. So been here all my life, basically. So tried the big city, if you will. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, that, that didn't you cut it. So you're like, no, you know I like the big city. We liked all that uh, family was here. Yeah. And so my husband's family needed some help because they're we have an aging parents. And okay. so this brought us back so we could be closer. Yeah. It's one of the great stories about the Midwest, I think, is you see a lot of that where people kind of go out and, and do the thing. And as their parents need help, yep. is, you know, you they find their way back here yep. and, and find those things that, that are important to them. Yep. Uh, what do you guys do? What are, what's your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do? Um, we are outside people. Mm-hmm. So we believe in being outside. Kids should play with sticks and bugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's my theory. So we're outside as much as we can. Um, I like to garden. So, cause the flowers don't talk back to me. So, so that's my, like, that's my therapy. Um, we like to camp, we like to camp and we like to go on vacation. So now hang you, out. I like to say that I like to camp too, but, uh, I'm an RV camper. Like I don't sleep in a tent on a ground yeah. or anything like that uh-huh. anymore. Uh, I heard a comedian say one time, it's disrespectful to my ancestors to go back to that. So <laughs> I, I try to stay in an RV at some point. Yeah. You guys RV campers or are you tent so campers? We're not fancy RV campers. Mm-hmm. We're like cheap, haul something behind your truck campers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're outside most of it, but I need to get the bug spray off and have AC at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> so, so that's the type of campers we are. Should so be a got- plug, plug for our local outdoor rec <laughs> yeah. where you can have AC at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. So, so what about here? Like, what's your, what's your job here on this base? Yeah. So I'm the director of psychological health. So I work, um, for actually the the big cheese, (laughs) Colonel Pemberton. And so, um, the plug that I say is, um, I don't work for medical. I don't have contact with your insurance company. I don't work for your leadership. I work basically for the person that's sitting in front of me first and the Air Force second. That's how I do it. Um, So whatever their needs are, we meet them where that is for them. So uh, I, the plug I say is anybody that can get on the base, I can serve you and yours. So I really don't care about your DD 214. If you right. have a blended family and we haven't got everybody turned in that, that doesn't matter to me. I, I want to take care of the whole household, whatever that is, whether it's the Marines, the contractors, the, um, uh, civilian employees, et cetera. So, um, how long have you been doing that? Yeah. 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 Uh, since 2014. So been here a little bit. And you, you have a background, you were, uh, uh, Parole officer at one nope. point? Nope. So I, for like a hot second, I was a cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't necessarily, you know, that I wanted to help people when you weren't helping people. You were just kind of locking up the same drunks doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I found that out to be true too. Yeah. Right? I yeah. wanted to be more on the uh, proactive side of it mm-hmm. instead of the reactive side. Okay. So um, I went and worked for child protection, ran child protection investigations and stuff for about eight and a half years or seven and a half years. Um, I worked private practice. I had um, I worked in the public health sector, downtown Indy, um, and I've done a lot of other things. But the last thing I did before I got here was I had the Indiana Women's SEG portion. Okay. So I had the 25 sickest and most uh, toughest prisoners in the state of Indiana that were females. So I always joke and say I could write for Orange is the New Black and mine would be better. (laughs) Well, with that being said, I need to tell you that uh, Blocker and I, we have not um, hired a a, um, 
anyone a censor yet. So it, no, no cursing. Like we try oh, to keep this family beep. friendly here. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no beeps here. Yeah, so, yeah. We have not hired that person yes, yet. Yes, yeah. So, no uh, worries. We're, I'll we're, try. We're working on it. Yeah, we're yeah. Gradually I, working towards Yeah, that. I joke. So, I say I'm married to a sailor, so yeah. I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, I like, right, appreciate that. So, um, so you, you, you talked about helping people. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Like, so, like when you think right. of that, you're like, Hey, me, my job helping me. If you were explaining that to someone totally outside of here, what would you tell them? Like, right. needs help. Like what, what, what does that mean to you? I think we all do well, at yeah, some point, sure, right? right? Like we all need someone to help us at some point. I, mm-hmm. myself, our family, all that. So everybody needs a tune up every once in a while. And so basically, um, whoever calls, text, smoke signals, whatever, you know, I find them and we get them taken care of. And so you can self-refer, you can, you know, call me yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had people call on behalf of other people. They're not quite ready to, you know, walk in the door frame, so to speak. And so we do a lot of like, hypothetically, if I had a friend (laughs) that, and so I joke and I say, you know, I've, printed out, got a zip code and printed out referrals for people and Mm -hmm. put it in the third mailbox on the left of a white house or, you know, so basically whatever you need, um, mental health wise, you know, I'm more than willing to assist. Um, Let's break that down a little bit. So how do I know I need help? Um, how do you know? Um, I would say if your battle rhythm is off. So, um, a good example is your hygiene might be going, your eating might be going, you're sleeping, you're having difficulty sleeping or sleeping too much, you know, eat, sleep, exercise. Those are, you know, your personal appearance. Those are the things that usually kind of get hit first. Um, if you're having that tape running in your head and it's, it is, um, invasive. So that tape that runs in your head isn't just on the way home. It's also at work. It's also in the shower. It's also when you're trying to sleep. That's where you're kind of getting in the zone where you you need a tune up. So So that that noise is getting a little louder and a little louder that's in your head that maybe is, is taking to a path that's, that's not healthy. And I say is like, if sometimes we look at this and, and we have to say, Hey, if, if your, your coworkers are mad at you, your, your spouse is mad at you, your friends are mad at you, maybe it's not them. Yeah, sure. We take a look at ourselves and maybe there's something that that we need to look at. And And usually it's that lens, you know, that you're Mm -hmm. seeing things through like, hey, that lens wasn't present. But as you know, the stuff is rained down on you, that lens of distortion has clicked on and then you just see things in a distorted way. And so my job is to go, hey, but brother, that's not going on. Let's click that lens off and let's see what's actually in front of you. So So I want to unpack that a little bit more. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to keep going down this path of help. Mm -hmm. So how do they ask? Like, how do they, you know, so now I'm sitting there and if I'm listening to this or whatever, and and I say, you know what, maybe it's time. Yep. I've kind of put this off. I've I've known in the back of my head that this was, this probably needed to happen, Mm -hmm. but I don't even know how to ask. Sure. So um, I think the picking up the phone, picking up your, your, your cell phone and Mm -hmm. texting or calling. I have 24 hours 
confidential voicemail. Yep. So just say, Hey, I just want to come in and, and chew over some things with you. That's an option. They don't even have to just see me. There's lots of other options as well, but it's just, it's, it's taking that first step. And a lot of people, when they come, they're like, I don't know what I need, but I know that this isn't normal for me. I'm like solid. Let's, yeah. let's figure it out. Yeah. yeah so, yep. So then but if they ask for help, I mean, is this something that, uh, I, if I go to you and ask for help, you know, as a command chief, mm -hmm. this ruins my career, right? Nope. No. So it, it, and it's interesting that, that, that was a perspective a long time ago. Yeah. And that seems to keep, there's still roots on that, mm -hmm. that people still water that and feed that. But really <laughs> the majority of the time, that's not true. Um, our objective is, First of all, my objective is to do what you need. Right? right. And so if your need is you do not need to be here, it's not in your best interest, then I'm going to advocate for that. If your want is to stay here and you just need that tune up to do that, then we do the best we do that. We march along forward with that the mm -hmm. best way we can. And maybe that's just therapy. Maybe it's therapy and medication management. Maybe we need to, you know, very small amount, but maybe some hospitalization might be necessary, whether it be for suicidal ideations or you need a uh, detox, you know, but that doesn't ruin your careers. I, it's point something percent that that yeah. actually is the case. And usually the folks figure it out on their own, that this is not in their best interest. Yeah. So they kind of get there on their own. So what is it that you do report? Do you keep any records? Um, right. So one of the things that when I'm talking to people about what I do is I make the joke, you can pick your way into like four locks and you won't find anything in my desk. You won't find anything written down. Um, the only thing I do because I manage my own calendar, I'll put airman session and with their permission, their, uh, their initials and a phone number to call them just in case there's an emergency and I need to move their appointment, et cetera. So that literally is the only thing that I write down. Um, the things I do have to report harm to self, harm to others, direct harm to mission. Um, and I always tell people when they first come in that those are the things that I have to report. Um, when I do, it, it's very rare that I actually have to do that. I would say less right. than 2% of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, if that is something that has to happen, I usually do that with them in the room. So they hear exactly the words that I am saying to the right, right. people. Yep. And so, um, and those, so for instance, you know, they come in and they got a DUI and they got a, a security clearance issue and they're going through a divorce and blended family issues and all this other stuff. Um, and they're actively suicidal. So we, I like your commander sent you here. We're going to leave to a local hospital and have you evaluated. We have to kind of tell them something. Yeah. And so usually kind of my statement that I say is this airman's got a lot of life stress going on. We're just right. going to go get them checked out and see if they're okay. And so the commander doesn't get to call and pump me for information later. I will with the permission of the airman, like, okay, if you are put in the hospital, we got to kind of tell them you're safe, you know, are you okay mm -hmm. with that? And so basically they give the permissions to speak to yeah. their leadership. Cliff notes version. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is in every detail of your life. Right. So you're still a mandated reporter. Yes. Um, if someone came to you and said, Hey, are you a mandated reporter? You say, yes. Yeah. Um, who, who uh, on base, we, we have the chaplain corps, right. right. That, mm -hmm. that are not mandated reporters. Right. right. And, and that's about it. Right. The rest of us are, are all mandated supervisors yep. or mandated reporters. Like it is, 
uh, you, you confide in one of those things where you're going to harm yourself or harm others, right. then, then uh, we would probably or a threat to the mission. Then, then right. we have to have to report that. And threat to the mission. I've actually never had to use it right. yet. Praise yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I give the example. You come to my office. You are currently intoxicated. You do not believe that's a problem. And you're about to go fly an airplane. Yeah. I obviously have to do something with that. Now right. I have lots of people that come to my office that are intoxicated and we get them self-identified and we get them the help they need. And they are mm-hmm. still actively engaged in the military to this point. Right. Um, so we have the significant other come and get them. We get them enrolled in treatment and their career is fine. So self-ID is always better. Oh, yes. Yeah. So definitely. someone coming to get help on their own. Yeah. Way better than lots more rights. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot more opportunities and and options at that point. Agreed. uh, Then than those. So can you prescribe meds? No. No. Do you? Yeah. So you know, yeah. Nope. No. So I have a LCSW, um, licensed clinical social worker. So we are not uh, prescribers of medications. Okay. Now, if we were out in the universe, we can recommend um, like, hey, they could, you know, benefit from an antidepressant, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But we do not prescribe. Okay. Um. What about like if if it's just, uh, you know, certain blocker and I and we're, you know, and, and and he's my supervisor and I'm coming in and I'm just, you know, hey, let me tell you how bad a person this dude yep. is. What can you tell then if Sergeant Blocker comes to you and says, hey, I know he came to you. What do you say? Not a darn thing. Okay. So, and that happens a lot. It's like, Hey, I really can't stand my boss and I've got to blow out the lines, right. you know, and come on in, blow out the lines yeah. and let's, let's get you some tools to deal with the leadership that you're not happy with, you know? And so that is a lot of what I do, you know, um, just, you know, have an opportunity to vent and mm-hmm. someone go, Hey, did you think about this? Did you consider this? Have you tried this? So have you been busy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a, uh, we, we want you to not be busy, yeah. uh, but in the same sense, we want you to be busy because we want airmen to know that, that that's where they can go get help. But, um, kind of a tough time right now Yeah. Uh, for some airmen. And we just went through, um, a suicide, you know, and, and, and our second one in like two months, uh, how is, how do I cope with that? As a, as a member, if I come to you and I'm like, I just, yeah. How do I process this suicide? Like, yeah. What's your advice for that? So I think what I see the most often is folks blaming that they missed something. Right. Mm -hmm. So we get this suicide prevention Mm -hmm. and, you know, it tells us to look for all these signs. And so these people that are hurting from the loss, they like, What did I miss? What did I not see? Why did that person not feel comfortable to talk to me about this? And so there's that, that, you know, feel like you let someone down. And and so I explained to people that, yes, those are warning signs and they're there, but more often than not, things happen and we don't see it coming. And so you know, you have to grieve and that grieving looks different for different people. Um, some people are really angry and they, they emote in an angry way. Some people are more quiet. Um, and so I think the thing is just figuring out where you are and then how that's affecting your livelihood and then figuring out when 
you need some help navigating, if that makes sense. I heard it said the other day is don't compare your insides to someone else's outsides. Oh, yeah. Right. Because we're really only getting other people's outsides. Yeah. The avatar. Yeah. Yeah. We're just getting what they they want us to to see. You know, we're not we're not getting the inside. But yet we compare it against our own inside because we know what we're feeling and what we're we're seeing and stuff. Is there a right way to cope with with stuff like that, like suicide? No, no, there's no right or wrong way. Um, I think being authentic to it is what matters. I think if you try to run from it, shove it somewhere, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, that's where it will chase you and find you now or 20 years from now. So I think just being aware and present for it and, and, honoring it wherever that, wherever it lands at the time. Um, don't let it consume you. We have to find places where it's safe and good to do that. And then there's times that we need to hold it, you know, for a moment, but yeah, just being honest and, um, just being honest to it and those feelings and not running and hiding from it. We got a lot of people right now making decisions about their career. Not a lot, a few people making decisions about their career. Um, what about that dealing with that and coping with that? Yeah. You know, is it seeing a lot we'll talk of about the scarcity effect and how it, it kind of sometimes spills over and um, you know, uh, trying to figure out who's hurting and who's not, Yeah, you know, and again, it's really, we only can read people if they're reacting the way they, we think they should. Right. Right. And so um, what advice would you have for, you know, maybe supervisors or, or people that are hurting with the, or just questioning their career. Right. So I think um, if you can produce a safe space or mm-hmm. neutral space in regards to that, because what we have people doing is, I don't know what's wrong with them. Right. They should just take the COVID shot yeah. and shut up. You're on a military base, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you don't know what that person's dealing with. For sure. And so um, you don't know that they have a heart condition and they this, that or the other thing. And so I think just producing a safe space for that and then not not allowing someone to be kind of beat over the head in regards to it. Cause it's a hard enough decision for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and I am seeing a lot of people in regards to the COVID vaccine and what, what do they do? And, you know, cause literally people are deciding COVID vaccine or retire early or COVID vaccine and get out of the military. And, right. you know, uh, that's a hard decision. And while that's one decision, when you have eight other decisions you're making, mm-hmm. that might be the thing that kind of tips the apple cart, yeah. you know? Um, and so while that in and of itself may not be a big thing to a lot of other people, that number nine for someone is more yeah. than you can bear, you know? So, so how do we, again, you know, certain blocker and I, you know, and, and we were talking in a little break that we had there and he was talking about this. It's neat to, to hear this because yeah. we run into this, right? Yeah. It's, I love peer to peer counseling. Sure. I love when, when, you know, he's going through an issue where I can say, Hey man, let me tell you, I went through a similar issue, not your exact one, yeah. but a similar one. Let me tell you how I coped with it. And let me stand beside you while you go through yeah, this. Yeah, very good. But where does that end? How do I know when I'm at my peak or at my max as a, as a peer sure. to counsel someone? So I always say, trust your gut. You know, if you look at research, the, the brain gut, connections are significant and the brain, the gut will respond before the brain sometimes. And so 
it is important to be there is important to say, hi, I've walked that walk. So that person doesn't feel alone. But when your gut starts telling you, oh, this is getting out of where I feel like I can help and I might be making this worse. That's when you need to tap out me, get them to me, get them to someone else that's trained. You know, there's lots of other providers other than myself that we can get them to um, outside in the community, wherever they're at. So but then I think the big thing is so once we get past that crisis where we've handed them off to the professionals, then I think that people just fade back and they're like, okay, I'm out, tapped out. (laughs) Right. And I talk about this all the time with my own situation of it was the people that were there three months after the incident or six months after or a year or the people that are there now years after that, that I know I can count on. Right. Man. That right. Those are the ones that that matter and I feel safe with. Right. And so just being there for that walk long term, because yeah. it does, even though we're pretty good at what we do in our profession, th- it took a long time to get there. It's going to take a long time to get out of it. So, you know, being that other, you know, person to walk alongside yeah. like, man, I I can't help you with some of the mental health stuff, but I'm here for you, brother. Call. Yeah. How much do you think uh, perspective plays into what you're doing? Help me understand what you're saying. So perspective all the way around, like, um, you know, someone coming to you and they get, Hey, here's, here's how I'm feeling. It's cut and dry. It's this way. They're all against me. Mm-hmm. And then you provide a perspective that they're like, wait a second. All right. So wait, you're telling me they're not all against me. Right. Like they, their life is not set out just to destroy mine, but sure. also the fact of the perspective of, um, the person that's in the crisis. Right of how much does that play into recovery or into even going through that on how they're viewing things. In sure. Front of them. So that's, that's a dance, right? Um, because I can't go in and be like, Hey, your feelings aren't, aren't valid. Let me tell you why they're not valid. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to hear them. I have to see their perspective. I have to get a background and a foundation of how they got there. And so, you know, when the time is right, do the, do the little jig and the little jag, and then, you know, sometimes hit them over the head with the mallet. So, (laughs) but it's, it's a, it's a dance of what's right for that person and what might work for you might be one session. I can bonk you over the noggin and you're good. Right. But it might take seven times for him to gain that trust to where I can bonk him over the noggin. So if that makes sense, so it's just, it's a dance and it's, it's growing that trust to feel safe, to say the things, you know, and so that way we can get a full perspective if that makes sense. So yes, absolutely. Our job is to challenge the distortions, the cognitive distortions, but you have to do it in a way that they'll come back and keep doing the work. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I I heard this morning in a, a podcast I was listening to was um, if you want to know that you you're loved, think about right now. Could you call one person sure. that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what you're going mm-hmm. through, that they would be there to help you. Call those bail friends. That's, yeah. I, I always call them shovel or gun. If yeah. you call at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. they're going to answer, do we need a shovel or a gun? Yeah. Which one, are we burying a body or are we, are yeah. we making one? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it, that's how you know if you feel loved. Yeah. If you know if you're loving other people is, are you that person for other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Are you the one that's there no matter what? Not only when it's convenient. Yeah. 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 When, when you know that it's going to take a sacrifice on your part. Right. When it's taking a lot of energy to be their friend. Yeah. When it's taking a lot of energy to, uh, to be a great supervisor. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's when they're going to know that they're, they're cared. Right. And, and that's, that's when they're going to feel safe enough to where if I recommend, Hey, 
I'm at my end. I want you to go talk to with Aaron, a sure. friend of mine. I've earned the trust at that point from right. this member to where it's not just blindly saying you should just go talk to her. Right. And that's a fight sometimes, right? Oh, They're going to fight back. They're going to tell you they're fine. And this machoism and especially with the yeah. military, that's a fight. It's hard to love someone that's swinging back at you, Yeah, you know, I, but you know, I promise you through that, you will gain a relationship that's, yeah. you know, so strong and safe. And so it's a lot of putting personal opinions on what people are going through to the side. Yeah, right? it is. Stress is relative. And I've talked about it before on how um, when my wife called me and, and I was at work and I had just pinned on chief and I had just taken over as a superintendent of a squadron, a new squadron that I didn't know the people and, and I'm sitting in my office, I get a phone call and, and it's, we knew my daughter had some mental health issues mm -hmm. and it was the phone call that my wife said, Hey, they, they want us to take her for an evaluation. And right. they're pretty sure that, um, you know, that, that she's not going to come out once we, we take her for the evaluation, sure. that she's not safe to be in our home. And I remember hanging up the phone and, and sitting there and, and, you know, I was, I was crying and, and, and someone walked by and they just closed the door. Yeah. Right. And so I'm here, here I am a chief in my office, in my squadron crying, someone closed the door. First off, I was grateful for that because yeah. I was like, I just needed a second to, to gather myself. And then I'm like, I need to pull myself together because my wife is at home. Yeah. I need to go support her. Yeah. So I get up, I open the door. And when I open the door, there's an airman sitting there. Yeah. And he says, Hey chief, you got a second. I said, sure, man. So he comes in, he sits down and he's like, I'm really struggling. And I'm not sure that, um, I'm not a little bit suicidal. And I said, okay, let's talk about this. And so he's, he goes on to tell me about how he plays world of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. and, and I was unfamiliar. I, I don't play video games like that. And, and how he'd played this game for years and years and years. And he'd had played with the same people and it's over and over and over and over and over again. And he had made this crew, some of which he had never met in person. Yeah. But he, every day he met him online. And so one of the members, which was his cousin, got a girlfriend and this girl started playing with them also. And she didn't like the way this airman played. And so she was starting to feed these things in. And then now he's starting to see the tides are turning and sure. they're kind of weeding him out. And, and he's like, this is my life chief. Like this is my life. And, and I may have to join another group. And he said it in front of me and I have this decision I got to, I got to go home, console my wife, try to explain to my boys what's about to happen and take my daughter to a mental health facility to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to me about a video game. Mm -hmm. And so I realized at that moment that that stress was relative to him, sure. even though to me, I, I couldn't comprehend it. I was like, it, you know, part of me wanted to just grab me by the collar and be like, let's not do yourself, you know, but, but to him, it was all he knew. Mm -hmm. That's what he had. It's, it's what he, and that stress was relative. And I've tried to carry that with me right. you know, throughout my career is that just because I don't find this to be a stressful situation doesn't mean that our members aren't stressed. Right. Right. Doesn't mean, you know, and, and talking to that guy and that airman and stuff like that, I realized that he didn't have family. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was it. The support system that I was trying to rush home to get to, that was it in those video games and, and understanding that. Yeah. Uh, you know, peace and, and understanding that. So what advice would you have 
for supervisors that are facing these things that maybe, like you said, that they're, they just want to say, shut up. Right. And, and shut up and get over it, or it's time to move on, or it's time to, to do any of those things. Right. What's the advice that you would give to them? Well, I want to go back a little bit in that you're a human too. Yeah. You get to have stuff too. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes our leadership shoulders, the burdens of others, but then doesn't take the time to take care of themselves. And mental health is the equal opportunity employer. It doesn't care who you are, how much money you have, what your race, your sexual orientation, everybody is entitled to have, or everybody at some point will be faced with something like that. So I think it's important for us to address that. Cause I think sometimes the leadership gets it's isolated that they can't have those problems. Um, not true. You're human, just like the rest of us, you know, mental health is our kryptonite at times. And so you need to get some help with that. So, um, and then second question, sorry, I was like, no. stuck. What, what was your other question after that? So just, How do you, yeah. What advice do you have for these supervisors that they're like, Hey, I don't, I don't even know how to be empathetic to, to someone that. that is playing video games. I don't play video games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I haven't played video game in years. And you want me to be empathetic to this dude that he's, right. he's telling me he's possibly suicidal based off of video game. Right. Right. And so I think you have to know your own limits mm -hmm. because if you try to empathize with something that you, someone will see through that. So I think you have to, as a leader, have a toolkit of people that you can use. And that doesn't necessarily even me, me, but you maybe know someone else that does that right. gaming stuff yeah, so and that understands it way better than you would ever understand it. And, and be able to say, like, I think it's important to be authentic and say, brother, I don't, I don't understand that world as much, but I can feel you are hurting. Okay. And so I want to help you, but I want to bring someone else in to help you that understands that world better so I can help you the best way possible. Yeah. And so just pulling that toolbox in, you know, um, I think that's important. And that's not just me or the chaplain or, you know, EAP or military one source or anything like that. That's, you know, knowing your people and spending that time on the ground level. So when these things happen, you don't, you aren't scrambling and be like, heck, I don't even know who to yeah. pull. You know, it goes, goes back to that knowing people. Oh it, my it always gosh. pays off, right? Yeah. And it's exactly what I did is I, I walked out and, and it was more out of, I had to, I felt like I needed to get home as soon as possible. And, yeah. And I walked out and there was a, a senior master sergeant guy and I was like, Hey man, don't you play video games? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you ever heard of world of Warcraft? He's like, dude, I've been playing world of Warcraft. He's like, you play world of Warcraft chief. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't, but I love your excitement. Come in this room with me. Yeah. And so I took him in there and yeah. the dude starts telling him the story. And, and it's just like, what? Like he's, yeah. he's beyond himself, right? The senior master sergeant. I was like, Hey, can I leave you guys to, yeah. to handle this? Can I know that? And I, and I, you know, told the guy, I said, I, I need you to promise me one thing is that, that you'll call me. If yeah. this doesn't help you, that you'll call me. Yeah. And that we're going to get you some more help. Right. And so we had and an operational psychologist and stuff like that, that yeah. we followed up with and, and all those pieces and he's doing great. You know, and then the follow-up, yeah. the, the, their yeah. later part, you mm -hmm. know, that's the part that matters. Like, and people respect that, right? Like, Hey, you didn't know much about yeah. video games. I couldn't like, but they'll respect that you were there and were there for the pieces that you could care for, but then also ask for the help where you couldn't. I knew I cared about people. I yeah. just didn't know uh, if I could care about a video game. Sure. Right? Fair. I, knew I could care about him. And, yeah. and so, uh, it, the, the last part before we, we kind of, uh, wrap this up is what about someone that's struggling himself right now? Okay. Uh, someone that maybe is thinking about 
starting to have a few more of that, that tape in their head, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starts playing a little bit more on scenarios of, of suicide mm-hmm. or, or even harm themselves of any kind or, sure. or, or someone else or, or the, you know, maybe that, that tape in their head's just playing over that, yeah. that you're in over your head. Yep. They're going to find you out. Yep. Right. You, you've done, you've made these mistakes. Sure. They're going to find out and, and you're screwing this up. You're doing all these things. Sure. What, what do you have for them? So one of the things, you know, someone they'll escort somebody over to me that has some thoughts they've shared and mm-hmm. the whoever's done the right job and got them to me. And I go and I look at them, I go, me too. Yeah. They're like, what? They're, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, guess what? We've all had those same thoughts of it would be easier to go to sleep and not have to wake up and deal with yeah. the crap on the other side of tomorrow. So if anybody's told you that they haven't felt like that, they're lying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, everybody at some point in their life is going to have feelings like that. Um, now where we get to danger is where we're having those often they're pervasive. They're in everything that we do. And we're starting to kind of groom ourselves to the idea of a plan to do it. Yeah. That's entertaining where the thoughts. we're getting dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we want to get them at the boy. It would be easier to not wake up tomorrow. I'm just, you know, and deal with this. We want to catch them there before they've groomed themselves to the idea. You know, I personally, this is, I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of my heart. I personally think often suicide's an accident. It didn't, we didn't mean for it to go that far. It just did, you know, it's an impulse thing. And so, um, so I think we all have stuff. We all put our avatar worlds out there, but if we're, if we're authentic and honest and say, Hey, yeah, I did get a DUI and I did do this. And I, I did, I do have, you know, bad decisions I've made in my life. And, and someone goes, me too. Yeah. You know, Oh, you too. I never would have thought, you know, or I lost my wife or husband or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just can't even put two thoughts together right now. And I'm not a great parent right now. And yeah, that makes sense. Let us get you with other people that are walking your walk and let's get you with people that can help you process and navigate that. So like I said, less than 2% of the time where people come in, do they, are they actually suicidal? They're just they're at that, this is hard phase. Yeah. So they're at the bend. Yeah. They're right before the yeah. break. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, um, I, I tell you, we, we can't thank you enough for what you do here yeah. at, at the wing. And, and I appreciate you cause I appreciate when you stick your head in your off my office or shoot me a little text yeah. that says, Hey, you good. I, I know, I know we just went through some crap. You good. Yeah. And so, man, I appreciate that. And I appreciate yeah. our conversations that we've had and, yeah. and, and all the work that, that you've done with our airmen here. And so can I say one more thing about suicide? Sorry. So, um, one of the things that when people come into my office and they're, they're thinking about it, they're actually genuinely thinking about it. And I do something with them where I talk to them about, um, okay. So if you do complete what you say you want to do, what happens to you and then what happens to the people around you. And so a lot of people, you know, in that circumstance, they'll say, well, but it stops the pain and I stop hurting other people and things like that. And one of the things I explain is you just transfer your hurt to other people. And so, and they carry that. And, and, and so they have to carry that hurt. So it doesn't ever go away. It just transfers. And then the other thing that I talk to them about is, you know, do you have children, God, child, 
niece, nephew, anything like that. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I go, so do you realize that statistically you've made this now an option for them when things get rough? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, I would never want that. And I go, I understand, but you who they love, it is an option for you. So therefore it's an option for them. And so even if you're not there yet, where you feel like we can get on the other side of this, can you do this for them? And then we'll get you there. And they were like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to hold on. Cause I don't want that to be an option for my, my yeah. people that I, that I impact. So I could, uh, been through a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot, but I can't tell you a lot about life and, and say, you know, Hey, I can guarantee this. Yeah. But one thing I found to be true is none of us are meant to do this life alone. No. Right. We're tribal. Yeah. We're tribal by nature. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why we all love being here on this base, right? Because we're bonded by something. Yep. We're, we're all bonded together where you, whether you wear this uniform or you don't, we're bonded by something. And I would tell, I think the, the airmen out there that are maybe struggling is, and just exactly like what you said is you're not alone. Yeah. You're loved even when you're annoying. You're loved even when we, we, we have to give you discipline, but the discipline is to try to get you back on the right ship. You know, please don't your love more than you will ever know. Um, And it may not feel like that. And that lens of distortion might be there, but let us help you pull that lens off. Let us help you see the full picture because brother, sister, you're not seeing the whole picture. And and we want to help with that. Me, myself, chaplains, Anybody else, we can get you all kinds of people. It doesn't have to just be on base. We can get you off base help free, you know, um, you, your family, whoever. So for sure. And uh, I've seen this team. I know Colonel Pemberton's heart and he's given you a lot of, you know, hey, you do what's best. And we're going to we're going to back you because we want you to love on airmen and and, and we want you to, 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 you know, put the value back into what they're doing. And um the last part of this as we kind of close out is we talk about one thing that we're loving. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you loving right now? And it could be anything. It could be from your, cause I know you, you said that you cope by gardening and stuff like that. I know you, you and I have talked that mm-hmm. that's not me at all. Right. Yeah. Is that, that I would be more frustrated than that's like me yeah. and golfing. I love to golf, but I end up, it's not relaxing at all for me. I, <laughs> I, I can't. Things. Yeah, I, no. I'm not a, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't say, uh, you, you won't you'd be hard pressed to hear me say a curse word mm-hmm. unless you see me on a golf course. <laughs> like that. So, so yeah. I, golf is not what I'm loving. Yeah. So what are you loving right now? So this might sound really cliche, but I, I genuinely love what I do. Oh, I man. genuinely yeah. love what I do. And even when it's hard and when I'm getting calls at two o'clock in the morning and stuff like that, I genuinely love this work. I, yeah. you know, you have to want to put your pants on every day and go to a job and, you know, it is hard and dirty and you cry in the shower, but I love yeah. what I do. I love also the ability to have for the most part, <laughs> a little harder now, but that good work-life balance for my family. I'm always striving for that, mm-hmm. not chasing the dollar, but chasing what matters, you know, and, and those are my little people. So, yeah. you know, this job gives me both the opportunity for work-life balance and to do the good works that I want to do. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm very amazingly thankful for that. It's one of the things that, uh, in my, in my morning quiet time and devotion is I've really been studying and looking at is, uh, perspective, right. And really, really focusing on the perspective of things. And, and I kind of got to a point where, it, um, you look at all this and, and it's like, 
I was like, this is not why I signed on to be a command yeah. chief, right? Like I did not, I, yeah. I signed on to, you know, Hey, let's, let's get the coffee shop, the barber shop. Let's, yeah. I want to make things. I want you to enjoy working here at Grissom. And I did not sign on to, uh, for, you know, a vaccine to, to yeah. be so controversial and, 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 you know, and for people to be so emotional, but I didn't sign on for six deaths to be in our wing and, sure. and all these things. I didn't sign on for us to have to talk to people about how to wear their uniform properly and stuff. Sure. And then what I realized in all of that, is it's exactly why I signed up. Yeah. Is there's no greater time that I can find in my 25 year career sure. that we needed leaders at all levels more. Yeah. There's been no greater time. Yeah. And there's no, there's been no time I can see in, in, the 25 years I've been here where it's been easier to step up as a leader. Sure. Because right now with all the, the venom that is out there with all of the, just the, Hey, if you and I don't see eye to eye, guess yeah. what? We can't be friends and we're not going to step by each other. We're not going to be on the same team Yeah. with all of that out there. Just a little bit of love. Yeah. And a little bit of care. Yeah. And a little bit of someone stepping up and saying, Hey, you know, I, we don't see eye to eye on this, Yeah. but where do you want to go to lunch? Yeah. Being let's, able let's, to, try to, let's try to get that yeah. doubt. You know, let's, yeah, let's, let's try to nail that. And I, we did this stand down day where we did a morale day uh, last week. And that's what we saw. Yeah. We saw people that, you know, played softball together that weren't in the same squadrons. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, I, I'm up there up to bat and certain blockers talking trash <laughs> over there. That's very true. <laughs> uh, about, about, but it was great. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was everybody you know, kind of putting those things beyond or behind them. Yeah. And to me, it's a leadership. Yeah. And it's, there's no greater time. And what you just said is, you know, I love the fact that we have leaders mm -hmm. and we have people here that look at these moments that are in front of us and they don't look at this and be like, well, this sucks. And you they can say it. that. Yeah. But they, they look at <laughs> but it and keep, they say, keep grinding. This is why I'm here. Yeah. Keep grinding uh, to I'm the here, other side. Yeah. I'm here for, to help others get through this adversity. Yeah. I'm here to see who's, who's going to stay on the team. Who's going to go forward. Sure. Who's going to move forward. I'm, I'm here to encourage us to, yeah. to move us in that. And if people are, are, you know, the option of going somewhere else or doing something else that I'm here to say, Hey right. man, I still, anything you ever need. Yeah. I'm your phone call. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. I always believe, you know, eyeball to eyeball, take care of the human first. That's right. And then the rest of it will work itself out. And the mission always seems to take care of itself when humans but if are taking care of the human part first. You know, that's the part that, you know, if we do that, the rest of it works itself out every time, every time. So and people who are cared for and valued and you take an interest will work a hundred times harder than you than someone that's beat over the head for discrepancies or things they've done wrong. So, you know, I, discipline is meant to taught teach, right? Yeah. That's the intent, but to teach and love and move on. Right. And so you, you will get a lot more out of people by caring about them as a human first. Yeah. Way more is caught than is taught. Oh you know, my they, gosh. They catch your actions. Yeah. They catch what you're, what you're saying behind their back or what you're willing to do and the yeah. research that you're willing to do you know, for them and with them to, yeah. to get them to walk down the path that's best for them. And then if it's someone who is someone who's 
not someone who gets in trouble a lot, someone who's yeah. not out of regs regularly. All yeah. of a sudden, there's your clue. Oh, yeah. There is your clue that something is going on. And instead of here's your LOR, like, hey, brother, what's going on? Yeah. This isn't your normal battle rhythm. I see you're kind of struggling. What's going on? And if they can't talk to you, get them to somebody who they can talk to. Because right. discipline often is a manifestation of something else. Yeah. You know, that um, was that. It's one of my biggest regrets in my career is that I feel like I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems I solved, but there were still issues behind those problems. Sure. And that maybe we didn't get to the issues, whether it be a process, whether it be a person, sure. no matter what is, is getting to the root of issues. Right. And so again, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Uh, you're I one appreciate of the unsung it. heroes of this space and, and uh, about everywhere we go, I'll be like, have you talked to Aaron? And they're like, oh yeah, I talked to her. Yeah. Like, oh, and good, that's good, the good, best, good. Yeah. like that's the yeah. best compliment ever, yeah. you know? And they're like, yeah, I talked to Aaron. Oh, hey, go talk to Aaron. You yeah. know, that is huge. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing you could ever do. The, the, the thing we can all hope for is that someday it was someone wants to work with us again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Agreed. So thank you so much thank and you. have a great day. Great message from Aaron, uh, one of the the best in the business when it comes to just making sure that you feel valued and 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 to talk things out with to really just sit down and and sometimes that's all we really need. Uh, sometimes it's just someone sitting on the other side of the table, and as we talk things out, we're like, you know what, uh, I feel better already. You don't really need anything other than than someone just to listen and to care and someone that. Um, you know, I, I know Aaron, I know that if you just walked in and said, hey, I just need to talk this out loud and, and I don't need you really do anything about this. As long as it's it's not something that she's required to report, she's not going to do anything about it and she's going to listen to you. So um, use those resources that we have on base. Man, we have so many of them from from, you know, our chaplain staff and our chaplain corps. I use those people all the time and just you could say anything to those individuals and they are required. They lose their job if they tell anyone. Um, our airmen and family readiness, our, our military one source, uh, our victim advocates, our violence prevention uh, advocates, our, our sexual assault advocate. Like we have people on this base and resources on this base to get you the help that you need. And if we don't have it here, we'll, we'll figure it out. And we do that because you're worth it. I just wanted to say thanks and, and how much you guys are worth it. When it seems like we get to, to struggle in the, the most and it just throws a perspective out there that, man, it's such an honor to serve with you guys every day. And that's not lost on, on Colonel Pemberton and I. And, and we look at that all the time. And, you know, last week, uh, one of the most hectic days that we had uh, it was at the end of the day and Colonel Pemberton said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call it quits for today and I'm going to head home. And I said, sir, we get to do this again tomorrow. And he's like, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And it was true. We are, we're still excited to be here. There's a lot of things to be excited for. Don't let the little things that are standing in our way right now, uh, cloud our vision, uh, to the mission that we have here because Grissom's mission is great. And there's a lot of value in that mission. If you're feeling like um, maybe things are lacking the value that, that they once had here, I would challenge you to do this is help someone else. Help someone else find their value. And a lot of times in that process, we find our own. 
when we start asking other people questions, we find the answers to our own questions in our own life. And uh, I've done it numerous times is there's so much value in helping other people. So reach out and care and show people that you care about them by sitting down and, and listening and talking and just taking some time this UTA uh, to maybe get to know someone that you didn't know before. We really appreciate you guys. We look forward to seeing you out there and we'll see you next time here on the Fuel Podcast. <laughs>